So if I was starting today as a new solar, I would do entrepreneurial aspect. Change the way they're practicing. Leader, analyze. said they've done it earlier. Starting a small firm. What it means to be fulfilled. Make it easy to work with your clients. New approach, new tools, new mindset, new solo. And it's making that leap, making that leap. Welcome to another episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. I am your hostess with the mostess, Adriana Linares. Today we're talking legal research, legal AI, FastCase, and VLEX. An exciting marriage happened earlier this year, but we're going to hear all the details from Ed Walters and Nina Steinbrecher-Jack, who are here with me today. I'll start with uh, Nina. Hi, Nina. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today and teach us smart things about what's happening in the world of legal research and a little bit of legal AI today. Tell our listeners about yourself and VLEX. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, thank you for for having me. It's it's great to join you and introduce myself to your listeners. My name, name is Nina Steinbrecher-Jack. I have been with FastCase since I graduated from law school in 2008 I started as a reference attorney, and then I worked with our Bar Association customers from 2010 until about 2020. Had the opportunity to work on our content shop, adding new content for our Bar Associations and um, specialty customers, and then moved over to lead product in 2017. When we merged with VLEX um, earlier this year in April, I accepted a position as managing director for the United States. And what that means is that um, I handle the U.S. business unit for VLEX. We're now a global company. Um, So all of the relationships with our customers and our vendors are, you know, things that I get to work on every day. As far as VLEX goes, having been an outside company, not part of FastCase to begin with. Uh, This marriage happened between the two. Can you tell us about VLEX and what led FastCase to want to or start working with and then ultimately, you know, have this baby? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We have admired the work that VLEX has been doing for a long time. I've personally known the team for almost a, a decade and gotten to see the work that their team has done assembling a corpus of um, global content. They um, started in Barcelona, have fantastic content in Spain, and then acquired Justice to add content for the UK um, and Canada, um, and expanded into Latin America. And so we've gotten to know their team at conferences, as well as through partnerships with academic institutions that partner with FastCase to get their um, law students ready for the practice of law and get them ready to use FastCase through their bar associations. Um, And those same students were using VLEX for international research on the legal side. So it just made sense. Folks on the team like to, uh, before the the merger, we called VLEX the the fast case of the rest of the world, um, and it's really true. It's it's a really strong partnership where there's almost a perfect marriage of um, U.S. content and specialty content on the fast case side, along with dockets and then global content on the VLEX side. Excellent. Okay, I think that gives us some good background on you and FastCase in your experience there. And then Felix, so let's say hi to Ed. Hello, Ed. Hi, Adriana. 
the nicest guy in the business alongside Jack Newton. So we go way back. We're old buddies. And I have certainly watched Fast Case become the the mammoth beast that it has become. But in case there happens to be listeners out there who haven't heard of Fast Case or are not getting it likely for free through their bar association, can you give us, actually, if you don't mind, give us the real quick story on how you and Phil started Fast Case because I love that story. And then catch us up to 2023. I'd be delighted to. You're so kind, Adriana. Um, it's a, it's. I'll echo Nina. Thank you for inviting us to join you on your podcast. Can I just say before I tell this founding story, like it's so fun to be on this podcast with Nina Jack, who's been such an instrumental part of our work at Fastcase. Like, if you get Fastcase through your state bar association, that's because of Nina. Yeah. Like she built every one of those relationships, <laughs> and so I mean, like literally. Hundreds of thousands of lawyers get legal research for free because of the foundational work uh, that Nina did. It's one of my favorite things to see her recognized for that and to make sure that people understand the instrumental role that she plays. Well, it sounds like she's been Oz behind the curtains for many years, and she's finally, you know, the curtains have spread open, and here she is. It's (laughs) Nina the whole time. And (laughs) listeners can't see this, but I love what is happening on video, which is Nina is in the background nodding her head going, yeah, that was me. I did that. So, um, Nina, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Built those bar association relationships and then uh, built our whole content operation. Uh, Damn, and then girl. ran all of our product, like all of the legal research and docket products and all of our journals reported into Nina. Um, and so it's a job that she's kind of been doing for a while. Yeah. And it's neat to see her in that general manager role for all of the U.S., which is really cool. That is very cool. Excellent. But as you as you mentioned, like Fastcase has like a very humble beginning. You can't imagine how eager a young lawyer I was in 1999, nerdy, eager to please. And one night, huge client of the firm called and said, you know, we need an answer to a question. It's going to be found in case law, but it's so new. It's a software issue. You're not going to find it in the books yet. You have to do it online. But there's a catch. Don't use Westlaw or LexisNexis. Hmm. So I, I met kind of a big DC firm and I said, guys, that's the that's the tools we use for online legal research. What's your hangup? Like it, it can't be that you can't afford it, right? Like I won't say who the company right. is, but let's say a big software publisher that specializes in making PC operating systems. So this unnamed uh, customer, huge, like a Fortune five company. Uh, I think they're Rhymes biggest with- legal. Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> rings a bell. <laughs> But so uh, they said, no, it's exactly money uh, because we have 300 outside law firms and they all use those services and pass the cost through to us. And so last year we paid like more than $10 million for other people's Westlaw. We don't pay to put the books on your shelf. We're not going to pay to put them on your computer either. Don't care where you find it. Go find it somewhere else and have it to us by tomorrow morning. So... Fast forward about four or five hours, one o'clock in the morning, I am punching the printer in our office suite. And my next door neighbor at the firm comes in and says, Ed, have you lost your mind? What's going on? And I said, no, I just spent the last four hours looking for 
the big alternative to the incumbents in the legal research space, and I couldn't find one. So I broke down and I used Lexis and it sucked. It was terrible. It took like 45 minutes to do something that should have taken 10 minutes. Uh, it says Lexis on every page of the printout. Oh. So this uh, company is going to know that I did it. And like the firm is going to have to eat the cost of this research, which is not trivial. And I don't understand why there isn't like a big alternative. This stuff is in the public domain. Taxpayers paid for it, paid, you know, the salaries of judges and law clerks, legislators and agency regulators. And so begins it's, the free the law movement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me nursing my sore hand from right. the printer. I said, like, this is all in the public domain. I've got half a mind to go start the thing that I was looking for all night. And my next door neighbor at the firm, my co-founder, Phil Rosenthal, uh, said, you know, it's actually not a terrible idea. Did I mention to you that I have a PhD in physics from Caltech before I went to law school? I said, no, you never mentioned that. He said, yeah. So if you're serious about this, let's go take a look at it. Let's spend some nice nights and weekends and see if we can build like a better version of that. Wow. And look, I mean, I, you know, it was, it was a very, very modest beginning. This is like two guys in a cocktail napkin at the right. time. Uh, we were years away from working with stars like Nina Jack. But here's what I will say. Like, there's a lot of things that are very common to legal research today in all of the systems uh, that we invented, like in six months in 1999, wow. things that weren't common. Like at the time, you couldn't rank search results. They were always highest court first, old, newest case to the oldest case, followed by the next highest court. And so the guidance from legal research professors or people in the law firm was run your search. Once you get to about three or 400 results, print every one of them immediately so good. on paper and then read them so you don't burn the very precious online time. Uh, never click a hyperlink because you can be charged $10,000 for it. And so- Unbelievable. So the idea was to build a smarter version uh, of legal research and to democratize the law, to make sure more people had meaningful access to the law and that there weren't two like choke points for it in the world. And so that's, that's really how we got started. It's amazing. I'll, I'll add to this, if you don't mind. Fresh out of Emory Law School, I was preparing for my interview with Fastcase. I was so excited to have an interview. Fastcase was really in startup mode. I hadn't you know, heard a ton about the, the company, but I really liked Ed when I met him and was preparing for my, my next interview. And I did a free trial of Fastcase Legal Research. And I thought, well, I'll redo the research that I did on Westlaw when I was in law school for my moot court brief. And I, I'll just, I'll make sure that, you know, everything makes sense and that this is a company that I can be proud to work for. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was using free outdoor Wi-Fi in DuPont Circle. And I ran my first search. It was a Fourth Amendment issue. And I discovered I was able to resort my search results both by date and by precedential value. I found the case on point in about six minutes. Um, as a law student just months before, it had taken me three hours to find, you know, the case that that was on, yeah, that was on point. And then I discovered the visualization, which is now, you know, kind of come standard with um, with legal research. But 
at the time it was, you know, it was not possible to be able to see how an opinion fit into a relevancy list or into a precedential list or even a, a date timeline without looking at those, those lists one at a time. So it was really hard to see where they all intersected. And as soon as I saw it, it completely blew my mind. And I was like, I got to go work for these guys. <laughs> I, will, I will say, I, <laughs> I, I don't know that I expected to work there for the first 15 years <laughs> of my career, which is what <laughs> happened. But it was really neat to have a front row seat to kind of the, the second stage of, of the innovation that Ed and Phil built from the ground up starting in 99. Oh, that's amazing. Those are great stories from the both of you. We'll take a quick break now, listen to some messages from some sponsors and come back and talk about VLEX and what attorneys can look forward to and look for in this merger of equals and talk a little bit more about fast case legal research and how you're building and have been building legal AI, which everyone's excited about into this whole process. We'll be right back. Yes, yes, you have a website, but do you love it? Does it grow your practice? It should look good, it should work for you, and it should be built by people who care. Practice Made Perfect loves making websites for solos, just starting out or market leaders, and their clients love their websites. PMP's average client has been with them for over six years. PMP is perfect for your website. Practice Made Perfect. Visit pmpmg.com forward slash solo. Okay, we're back, and we've got some really good background and history on both Ed and Nina, who are with me today, Ed Walters and Nina Steinbrecher-Jack from Fastcase and Felix, and got some good history about Fastcase, which I always love when Ed tells that story. Ed, wasn't there a part, too, where they were about to throw away all the law books? <laughs> yes, it's kind of an uh, embarrassing story. One day we're, you know, in this six-month period where we're trying to spend nights and weekends building a legal research system. And Phil runs breathlessly into my office yeah. and says, come quick, they're throwing away the law books. I said, come on, Phil, don't be ridiculous. They're not throwing away law books. He says, come on. So we ran to the library. You know, you can't imagine how earnest the two of us were. And there is literally an industrial dumpster uh, that a librarian is pulling books off the shelf into. That poor librarian, she must have been having a heart attack with this directive. <laughs> There's no yeah. way she loved it. There's just no way. And we said, stop, <laughs> can we have those books? And the law librarian stopped and gave us like a really hard look and said, this is like 4,000 books. We have two copies of the set we don't need anymore. What are you guys gonna do with 4,000 books? And we hadn't announced yet. <laughs> right, right. So we said, we're bibliophiles. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, uh, looked at us in you know complete disbelief, knew we weren't being fully forthcoming and said, if you can have them out of here by <laughs> Monday morning, they're yours. Everything that's still here on Monday gets thrown out. And so we, we had a couple of good friends help us uh, move 4,000 books uh, that weekend out of uh, Covington and Burling's DC library in, by the way, if if you uh, for the book lovers out there, four thousand books, if you're wondering, is like eight tons. Oh so it was God. not like a very easy exercise. The U-Haul truck we loaded them in, like the front tires were like barely touching the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so so fast case gets rolling, becomes this beast. Nina helps build the bar association programs. 
and much more. And maybe this whole time y'all are sort of side-eyeing VLEX. Like, what are they doing outside the United States? This VLEX company looks pretty interesting. Why don't you tell us about that, Nina, and why it became important for you to start looking at them, talking to them, and ultimately merge with them? Yeah. I mean, I've done thousands of, cu- of customer interviews over the years, and international content comes up all the time. You know, horizon scanning, looking for new regulations that are coming out, looking at content, you know, offshore, fraud detection, looking for immigration law. Also, this question of translation services. You know, if I'm an attorney in the U.S. and I only speak English, how can I read content that's developed in Spanish? Felix has all of that, which has been really exciting to to start bringing to our customers. They've we've done a great job of linking all of that content together. So if you're reading content, a, a case in um, in Canada that connects to a case in the UK, those pieces are linked together and you can see them with one click. Felix can su- suggest content that is similar to the what you're looking at in different jurisdictions because it's all linked together in one platform and with one contract. And, you know, talking to our customers, that's an exciting innovation to be able to see all of that content in one place. And that was even before, you know, we started being able to wrap generative AI around all of that content to, with the click of a button, do a, you know, multi-country survey. We have 110 countries um, on our global database. And so, you know, we can, we can use generative AI tools in order to pull all that content up at one time, which is extremely exciting um, and getting so much attention. Um, the other thing I'll say is that it's the tech um, and the platform is is beautiful. You know, Ed and I have um, have talked in the past about how much we admire just the attention to detail that the product and engineering teams have put into the the VLEX platform, and for our users who are maybe not interested in the global content, we're able to accelerate our roadmap and add things like an editorial um, citator um, cert that we are rolling out state by state um, in partnership with the engineering team and product team at VLEX, better search. So, you know, being able to integrate the newest and best technology to bring content to the top even faster and make our content more discoverable, to link our content together in in ways that that make it faster for attorneys to find what they're looking for. And again, that's before, you know, we we introduce um, Vincent AI and some of the amazing tools that we've had the opportunity to start demoing over the last couple of months. Okay, you too. I can hear the questions that my listeners are asking based on everything you just said, Nina. So let me back up, uh, ask a couple of questions, and then, you know, you two decide who can answer. So the first question that came to mind, and I'm an interrupter, so I had to write them down because I didn't want to interrupt. Do you get VLEX with FastCase out of the box immediately? Are there two different subscriptions or three, or just tell us a little bit about how that's going to work. Is the name of the company now FastCase VLEX? Then you're going to have to talk to us about a very, very popular term that many of us haven't quite figured out yet. You said generative AI. And I want you to tell me who Vincent is. All right. I'll try to remember all those um, those questions and answer them in order. So the subscription to FastCase with international content, 
We are in the process of building out um, our newest version of Fast Case Legal Research, um, which will be hosted on the VLEX platform. So this is exciting because it gives us the opportunity, like I said, to accelerate our roadmap and, you know, really integrate better search and a stronger editorial citator into our U.S. content faster. All of the same content, all of the tools that our, our users have always gotten through, through FastCase will be available through this new version. Um, so they'll continue to get everything that, that they've always gotten. The international content will be available for folks who um, would like to upgrade their subscriptions. Okay. Name of the company? Yeah, yeah. So the parent name of the company is um, the VLEX Group. We're keeping the FastCase brand in the United States to, you know, keep things consistent for, for our users. Great. And then, Ed, not that Nina couldn't answer this question, because I know she can, but you are such a nerd. You teach a robotics class at Georgetown. So, I mean, we're like the nerd alarms are going off like crazy. Can you explain <laughs> to us uh, generative AI and then tell us who Vince is? Yeah. So the idea behind generative AI is a new class of artificial intelligence uh, that really produces text better than AI ever could before. There used to be this thing called the Turing test mm -hmm. to see if uh, computers or AI was smart. And the idea was if uh, you had a person and a computer answering questions behind a curtain, would you be able to know which is which? And for a million years, like, you know, uh, computer scientists would brag, I can get now like, you know, four questions in before someone can tell the difference. And over the last like maybe five or six years, there's been a new generation of artificial intelligence invented by Google, maybe perfected and popularized by OpenAI. Which are the owners of ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so if, if you use ChatGPT, uh, then you know the product of OpenAI. Uh, this is your generative AI. And that that is just a, a class of artificial intelligence that can create text that really does pass the Turing test. It's indistinguishable from the best BSer you can possibly yeah. have. So I should add, like it's generative AI for the most part is meant to be statistical. Like what's the most statistically likely answer to the question, but not factual. So one good example of this, uh, I recently ran a search in ChatGPT saying, here's a list of 34 books from Full Court Press that we're publishing here at FastCase. Alphabetize the list by the author's name. And it did immediately, right. you know, something that would have taken me like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, right? Uh, it did in five seconds. But <laughs> the last book in the list was by an author whose last name began with M. Mm. And it was otherwise alphabetized perfectly, but the last one was out of sequence. And so I asked ChatGPT, like, why is this book listed last? And it said, because the author's name begins with M and right. M is the last letter of the alphabet. You're like, hmm, is it though? Is it? <laughs> but so the, the answer was, you know, statistically correct. The answers sounded like a reasonable explanation. <laughs> um, you'll often hear people say that, you know, chat GPT and these kind of general AI services are really kind of like mansplainers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's all unearned confidence 
it sounds great, but it's not really backed up by facts all the time. So we've been working to build on top of those technologies, a new class of AI and generative AI that can answer questions based on facts. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, with, with citations to real cases, with uh, support for every one of them. So VLUX and FastCase have been working on these technologies kind of in parallel for a little while. FastCase with the uh, Judicata team we've been working with since 2020. And VLUX with their Vincent service, which is AI that can do all kinds of useful things like create headnotes on the fly for a judicial opinion or translate things or summarize long documents. And so working together, we're building a new class of kind of generative AI services. I may Geared be making news. Legal. Yeah, go, absolutely. Geared towards legal. So I, I may be making news on your podcast <gasps> by sort of generally announcing. I love when that happens, breaking news on New Solo. Breaking on New Solo. All right, well, wait, before we get to this exciting information, let's take a quick break, listen to some messages from some sponsors, and then hear this breaking news on New Solo. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based and also ongoing work via subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile devices to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code NEWSOLO when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Starting your solo practice is exciting, rewarding, and demanding. Alps Insurance understands the unique challenges of startup solo firms. 65% of Alps legal malpractice insurance policyholders are solos after all. That's why Alps created First Flight, a program supporting new solos by providing affordable premium pricing for the first three years of practice. Visit alpsinsurance.com forward slash insurance forward slash first flight to learn more. Or just Google Alps First Flight. You'll find them. First Flight program subject to eligibility requirements. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Gee, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Gee, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network, available wherever podcasts are found. All right, we're back, Ed, and we are salivating, waiting for you to finish that thought and uh, for Nina to tell us more about what might be coming in the future of the VLEX group, but to us, known and loved as FastCase. So I think I'm breaking news by, by saying that VLEX and FastCase together have a team, basically AI labs, where we're experimenting, where we're pushing the frontier, and we've been working on a new class of AI that is just for legal, that really ties back to law, that is always verifiable with citations to real cases and statutes, uh, not just in the US, in England and Spain, and increasingly around the world as well. This is called Research Assistant. This is the first tool that's really coming out of those AI labs. 
Nina, I would love for you to say a little more about it. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about research assistant. So we talked a little bit in our last section about how GPT is not suitable for for answering legal questions. And it's because it's not up to date. It can hallucinate um, making up facts or conclusions. We've seen this. You know, it's, it's catastrophic if you're trying to perform legal research. And the um, research assistant um, solution that the teams are working on has a proprietary layer on top of these um, LLM models that's um, tested heavily um, and tailored to support legal research use cases. Sorry to interrupt you, but you have to define LLM for us. Absolutely. So it's a large language model. What it is, is a large amount of information that can create new and original text um, after receiving a prompt from a user. So, you know, on, um, GPT is based on a large language model. You can receive new creative text um, after giving it a prompt. You just can't necessarily trust it, and there isn't an interface in order to be able to dig deeper. The the phrase, um, as we're having early conversations with customers, that comes up over and over and over again is trust but verify. Right. Um, right. You know, firms that I've been talking to have literally hundreds of attorneys that are testing the output of generative AI legal research tools, which is an inefficient process. But on the other side, you know, they'll be able to say, we can trust the output of of this technology. In addition, Research Assistant provides a list of every single source that it uses to build your response, along with a summary of how that source is being used to provide our response. And so if you ask our tool a question, we'll give you a list of all of the cases, statutes, secondary sources, rules that we identified as pertinent to answer your question and give you the ability to read our summary, but also dig into the the black letter law, essentially moving you to the case that as an attorney, um, folks will want to read. We also include an editorial citator that will flag immediately whether or not content is um, still good law, if it's been questioned. Of course, you know, the um, off-the-shelf tools won't have information like that. And all of our content is up to date. Our research has cases that were decided as recently as, you know, 12 hours ago. Our statutes are um, updated from an editorial team that sits in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, And this is the same content that's being used to generate our responses. If I can just add one thing to that, Adriana. So I think for your listeners, AI is kind of like a mind blender in a lot of ways. It's just a concept that is, I don't know, too ethereal. No one really knows what it means. Um, <laughs> there's a little bit of the teenage sex phenomenon. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone <laughs> thinks everyone else is doing it, but very few people actually are. So maybe if I could just make this as practical as I can you know, this is going to be the first tool of many coming out of uh, VLEX and Fast Cases AI labs. But I really think about this as just like another step in the democratization of legal research. You know, it, back in the in the old days before there was Fast Case through bar associations, there was a lot of guesswork. If people would file a brief or file a cause of action uh, or write pleadings to a court, there was a lot of, I think the law is, 
or mm -hmm. I remember the law being, or I did something a couple of years ago that probably still works. And putting online legal research in the hands of every bar member in the country virtually takes care of that in some ways. It says, look, you know, now you don't have to guess as much. But still, there's a lot of work, right? You have to figure out like how to run these Boolean queries, state of the art for the last 30 years. I think Fastcase makes it easier than just about anybody, but still, they're pretty hard. This term within 15 words of that term, what if it's 16 words? Like, there's still a lot of work to read all of the documents and try and figure out what the law is. And I think this is another step in that evolution. You know, just like putting online legal research in the hands of bar association members democratize the law, doing some of this processing and understanding what the law is and creating good draft answers with citations to law showing the how we got to that answer is just the kind of uh, work that you would want like a really good legal research assistant to do. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to make these documents that lawyers file as foolproof and bulletproof as possible. And if we do it right, it doesn't just democratize the law, right? But it makes the practice better. It makes lawyers, you know, less subject to getting the law wrong. So let me see if I can put together everything the two of you have just said and ask it in a question, see if I'm understanding it. So when research assistant, also known as Vincent, or Vincent exists with VLEX, but now we're creating research assistant, capital R, capital A? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to maintain that same branding okay. or if we're going to do something different, but Vincent is like a different tool inside of VLEX. Okay. So, but what you just described, Vincent has been part of VLEX and now you're building inside of VLEX AI Labs, the ability for an attorney to ask a question of the database in, an, in English, instead of having to use all these complex Boolean searches, I'll be able to say, tell me how this and this relate to this area of law in this state, blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to return a series of results that link to each other, support each other, lead me in all the right directions, maybe bringing me back to the same place. And then will I be able to say, and now summarize all that and get a generated answer that I'll be able to use as a draft in my actual legal document? Absolutely. All of that. Plus, you can build an argument in support of a proposition against a proposition. You know, the labs are building out more skills all the time, you know, and in support of of what our customers are asking for. I was struck when you said um, you can ask the question in English because you can also query a Spanish database in English awesome. right, and right. receive the answers back um, in English. And so that's kind of one of the powerful combinations between the technology and the, the global content set. Well, that all sounds very exciting. And it sounds like you, you, the humans, and the robots are all hard at work. While we wait for the release of Research Assistant or whatever it might be called in the future, where can we keep up with information, updates? Where can we maybe even see a demo somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. So um, please um, follow us on LinkedIn and social media for updates, as well as some of the presentations that folks on our team are doing talking about the new technology as it rolls out for folks who are headed to the ILTA conference or 
their bar association conferences, we're demoing this technology oh, cool. um, at our booths um, and really excited to, to show folks how it works. That's amazing. Well, we have covered a lot and we've learned a lot, and I know there's a lot coming in the future. There's a lot of questions from attorneys about how to use AI. There are more and more legal AI tools being released every day. Every time I open up LinkedIn, new tool, new attorney trying it, new group, it's it's hard to keep up. So I'm just wondering from you, a couple of experts, just some general tips that we might be able to remind lawyers of or tell uh, attorneys who are using these new tools. It's It still feels like the Wild West, but I feel like maybe there are some rules that we can think about even when we're using the latest and greatest from legal-specific companies. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is just like when you hire a, a new employee, make sure to check all of the work that your AI is doing before you put your name on it as an attorney. If there are low risk tasks or tasks that are easy to check the work, you know, always, always double check it. And of course, you know, before filing anything or building an argument based on something that comes out of a generative AI tool, you know, please double check everything that you see. It's odd to me that we have to remind attorneys to do this. We've all heard about the case in New York, but just last night I opened up LinkedIn and there it was, yet another case that had been submitted with cases that were made up probably by ChatGPT. Um, I like to call Pete, as I call him, just very creative. And so if you're going to take Pete's work, consider it creative, not factual. Logical? Yes. Um, fair? Yes. But creative as well. Adrian, I'll, I'll take a step farther. Like, I don't think Pete is ready for prime time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think lawyers should not use ChatGPT for legal research. There are plenty of tools it's good at. If you want to summarize a document or something, it's pretty good at that. But a uh, lawyer shouldn't use ChatGPT for legal research. They should really rely on things built for law. And in times of great change, we should always anchor our work in the principles that never change. Just like Nina said, as we do with online legal research, as we do with a new human associate, you always have to read the cases. Before filing it with a court, it's you have your the job. same. Yeah, you have the same <laughs> responsibilities, the duties of candor, and the duties of diligence before a tribunal that the model rules have always prescribed. And so, I would say, like if if you are adopting these new, new these new technologies, use them the same way that you always have. Don't think that you can check your ethics at the door, and use the right tool for the job. I agree with you, Ed. I've been really talking a lot about ways that you can use tools like Pete in other parts of the business of law. Sorting, summarizing, replying to emails, creating tables. Do you build your own website and you can't figure out how to hide one little thing on it inside of WordPress? Ask it to write some code for you. Ask it to create a table. I, there's so many ways that we can use it that don't necessarily endanger the practice of law and, and what you're doing and risk your license. And I think that's probably the best advice we could give at this point as we're all becoming experts together. And I also keep telling attorneys, look, you guys are really behind on a lot of tech. This is your chance to actually follow along, keep up and, and stay with us on this. So I definitely encourage everyone to keep their eyes on information stories. LinkedIn has been a great place for me to keep up, mainly because 
my network is legal and technology. So my feed is very relevant for AI right now. And I encourage everyone to, to, to do the same. Well, thank you, Ed Walters and Nina Steinbrecher-Jack from FastCase and VLEX and the VLEX Group. This has been a great conversation. The, the world of legal research is just completely exploding and it's amazing. And it's very cool to hear from two people in your whole group. I know there's many more people um, that you're surrounded by that are at the forefront of all this. And maybe we'll have you come back in a year or so after everything has been out, at least somewhat out. It'll, I feel like we'll never... There'll never be a stagnant moment in time with this. So in the meantime, um, while we await, please tell everyone where they can find friend or follow you and keep up with everything. Nina, let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, please find Felix on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Um, and you can also find me, um, Nina Steinbrecher-Jack on LinkedIn. And I post about everything that we're working on um, in the US. I don't know where you can really find me these days. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm on LinkedIn, but... I remember, I'm old enough to remember there was a service called Twitter. Uh, now it's known as X or something. Something. Um, so I'm, uh, you can find me on X at EJ Walters. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com forward slash Walters. I'm also on threads, which I'm not really sure if it's a thing yet or not, but uh, EJ Walters three on threads. But I think following fast case is probably a great way just to keep up with everything overall that's happening. Totally. Uh, and you can find us at FastCase on X or LinkedIn.com forward slash FastCase, F-A-S-T-C-A-S-E. I love it. Well, thank you both so much. I very much appreciate your time. Listeners, I hope this was a helpful episode. And remember, if you like what you have heard, please share it with a friend or colleague. And we'll see you next time on New Solo. I've been running. From nine to five, been biting my tongue for all this time. Won't let anyone cut me short. I was thinking this was the way to go, and you put up your puppet show. I say cheers to life. Just leave me alone. I'm running the show. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.